naturally occurring psychoactive compound, psilocybin, is found in over 200 species of mushrooms. Despite their millennia of use by humans for mental and spiritual well-being, they have been classified falsely among the most dangerous and illegal of substances. Locked away from those who need them most. The Psilocybin Chronicles documents the individuals who courageously consume, collect, or cultivate these mushrooms to improve the quality of their lives. Won't you join us as we welcome the return of psilocybin? Welcome to the Psilocybin Chronicles. I am your host, Eric Osborne. This podcast is intended for education and harm reduction purposes only. Psilocybin Chronicles, Michael Meditations, nor myself condones any illegal activity. Listeners, I have a bit of a different format for you today. We often have family members or spouses come down on retreat together, which is always a special treat. I've never even thought to do a recording of family and friends together, but after witnessing the love and respect my two guests have for each other, and because of the shared journeys that they experienced, I thought for this episode, it would be valuable to have these two brothers of different mothers join us in a single conversation. The story of how these two brothers-in-law came together borders on miraculous and clearly illustrates that it was a relationship that was meant to be. You won't hear that Genesis story in this episode, but you will hear some very valuable insights and reflections. Patrick was an aircraft engine mechanic for 25 years and is a principal contract manager of 14 years. He has worked for the same aircraft company for 39 years. David is a combat veteran with 38 years in law enforcement, a significant portion of that as a sheriff. Won't you join me in welcoming Patrick and David to the Psilocybin Chronicles? David, Patrick, welcome to the Psilocybin Chronicles. Thank you. Thank you so much. David, let's start with you. If you could consume psilocybin mushrooms with anybody from time in history, who would that be and why? Well, I, you know, I have to tell you that in thinking about it, it would be the people that mean the most to me, um, which is my family and the people that I care about, because what I was able to uh, glean from this uh, experience, uh, I think, is would be very valuable for people that I love. And so in history, you know, there's a million people I'd love to be, that I wish had been able to participate in this type of therapy, but that's not the case. But um I can tell you, for me, it was transformative. It's been transcendent, and um, I wish my loved ones, I'm going to share my experience with them, but I'm not going to superimpose what I do on them. Mm. And if they find their way like I did, all more power to them. So um, that's pretty much it. Oh, it's a, a good good group to pull from. I mean, this right. is a powerful well, experience, a and who powerful, you want to share that right. with, the people you love the most. Yeah, makes, makes I mean, good I, sense. I guess I could have picked Napoleon or somebody. I don't know who I could have picked yeah, yeah, in there's, history. There's so <laughs> many people to pick from, but right. the people that mean the most to me are the people that are related to me, my friends, and I found a gift for me, and I don't know if it would work for them, but I wanted to share I. I'm going to share my experience with them for certain. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I think this question really highlights a lot about what's important to people 
who, what types, well, listen, what is important to people through the people that they admire, uh, admire or look to, right? So if somebody answers this question and that like, like you said, Napoleon or some great scientist or something comes to mind, then, you know, we know a lot about that person and you, your family, right? That tells me a and lot about you. Well, and, you know, it, listen, I'm, I mean, I believe everybody could benefit from this therapy. Obviously, people that are suffering from paranoid schizophrenia or bipolar, mm-hmm. severe bipolar. I mean, we understand these things, but it's a gift that I found and I want to give a gift. Yeah. And, um, but I'm not going to force my gift on anybody. It was my gift and I treasure it. And I look forward to my, I look forward to processing it in my life and changing and altering some of the things that I do and say and act. And, um, it, it was a beautiful experience for me. And if I ever experience something beautiful, the first people I want to share that with are the people that I love. Well, and you've done that here with I Patrick. I did. I brought, a, you know? I brought my brother with me and I love him more than any man in the world. And, um, he came with me and, um, I'm, I'm thrilled about it and I really appreciate him. So Patrick, if you could consume psilocybin with anyone, who would that be? Uh, well, as David said, you know, family, um, very important, uh, to me. Um, and I would think there are friends and family mm. that would, uh, benefit from this. And me, uh, not knowing, you know, everything about the psilocybin experience and um, getting here and meeting with you, uh, meeting with others, and uh, learning things that I didn't know about it. Mm. Having, you know, those thoughts, Do did I really want to do it? Mm-hmm. And now that I've done it, I think it's a great thing. Uh, you know, brought a lot of a lot of things up front mm. that can benefit me as I go on through life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I don't say that lightly. Mm-hmm. No, you you had a <clears throat> your your approach here was um, skeptical initially. It felt like right. Um, you know, you came here as a support to your brother. Uh, which, you know, the beauty of your, the relationship between you two and observing that through the week has been, uh, not just for me, I know for many, many people here, uh, has been inspirational. And, but, but, you know, when you came to this, you were skeptical at least. Yes. Um, skeptical before, at before least. We, before we talk about your first experience though, tell me when you first heard of magic mushrooms, what was your thinking? Uh, first impression was that, uh, my first impression was I probably didn't even believe it mm-hmm. that it could uh, take you somewhere and 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 make you think mm-hmm. and make make things come to light mm-hmm. that that I wouldn't probably th- have thought about. Mm-hmm. You know, was this when, when did you first hear of magic mushrooms? Uh, my brother. Oh, really? Yes, and it was a short period time ago. Oh. Uh, he, you know, he's done the research. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he when he came to me and said, "Hey, we're gonna go to uh, you know Jamaica and and we're gonna have an experience and we're going to you know go through this therapeutic as I look at it as a I don't know if I should look at it as a tunnel, mm-hmm. but you know go through that tunnel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and see what's at the other end." So. 
you know, like we said, I, I was kind of blind. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, did I do a lot of research on it? No, not really. He said it was going to be a good thing. And here I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, you have a long history with this man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, when when he tells me something's good, yeah. I mean, I'm going to believe him. Hmm. And I think he knows me for, you know, who I am. And he knew this would be good for mm-hmm. me. So I kind of think that, you know, <clears throat> if he told me everything right up front <laughs> I'd, I'd still be home yeah. <laughs> i mean i'm I'm not saying that I, that's the truth well you're a pretty conservative guy yes you know absolutely and not not that there's any a thing wrong with that at all right right but you know this is this is not what you'd necessarily call a conservative experience uh, no no but it but it was a good experience i you know the second day when I said I wasn't doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I make up my mind, mm-hmm. it's pretty much made up. Mm-hmm. And that second day, you know, I, I listened to people and, uh, you know, and they said, you know, this is going to be good for you. You know, you just got to let it go and just do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't something I thought was going to hurt me because mm-hmm. I'd already gone through it once. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about the conflict, though, that you felt and why you thought about well? Holding back. Well, and it, I'll just say like it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, at my age, I've never done any anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never did drugs coming up. Uh, I never did, you know, I, I, you know, I have a beer every once in a while, you know, with friends or, mm-hmm. or whatever. But as far as doing anything hard, I've never done it in my life. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where the skeptical part was. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I, I think I was thinking, oh, God, here we go, you know, and I, you know, I've got family member, you know, family that, you know, have been dealing with that for a mm-hmm. long time, mm-hmm. you know, and my thinking was, I don't want to be like that. Right. You know, so, uh, yeah. But, totally understandable. Totally understandable. With without the education, you know, and then the direct experience. Exactly. It is. It's just, it's just a drug. That's how it's been presented right but and, and it can actually be used that way too right well, it can be used yeah, as sure irresponsibly it sure it could. for sure yeah but i mean the supervision here is outstanding you ain't gonna get no sunburn <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get any sunburn no no i know how to stay in the shade <laughs> well for those of you that don't <laughs> so i mean i'm gonna leave here going through what i went through Knowing what I know, that it's going to help me. Mm-hmm. Oh man! I mean, See, seeing you, I can, I can just when I get home, there's things that I'm not going to do mm. that I would normally mm-hmm. just do. Mm-hmm. Boom. There's nice. going to be people that I would talk to a certain way mm-hmm. that I'm not going to talk to mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Powerful. Uh, and without this. I would have never gone there and thought about what have I done? Mm-hmm. What have I said to somebody that I shouldn't have? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, do I do I have the uh, 
shame of knowing that I've done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm damn sure going to try not to do it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I learn from mistakes. Just, you know. What else can we ask for? Right. What more? I mean. I mean, it's it's been great for me, I think. I think it's going to help me a lot. Man, this is it's just been amazing watching your progression through the week and feeling you open up to me and the rest of the group. Um, for you, for you to let your guard down, that means a lot. I know, I know, that's not an easy thing for you to do, and right. I just really appreciate that. And I appreciate you. <clears throat> I think you are getting a lot out of this. I think so. True, true, truly. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's we're gonna, gonna be stay, good. We're gonna, we're gonna stay in touch. I'm gonna be okay. hearing for sure. David, uh, you know. Uh, Wow. As a longstanding member of law enforcement, I am really, really interested in your kind of early perceptions of psilocybin. Well, I knew uh, psilocybin was derived from a mushroom. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important to say because I knew it didn't have any man-made chemicals and that this substance has been consumed by the indigenous peoples in, in, well, around the world Mm -hmm. for thousands of years. So... Mm -hmm. I kind of had a very open mind towards it, and um, so my background with it, I never experimented with um, with mushrooms in my life. Um, and you know, again, I've been tracking a lot of the progress that's been made over the years. And for somebody that has been in my profession for almost forty years and has seen the failures, or I don't want to say failures, but the limitations, shall I say, of um, the only two uh, treatment modalities for for a lot of these things that people deal with, whether it's addiction or depression or anxiety, all of these different issues, I've had a front row seat for 40 years mm. to see the efficacy of, of um, antidepressants uh, and talk therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, which I truly believe in, um, talk therapy. But for me, in my research, um, what what I did, I thought that this was a possibility. I wasn't worried about harm because I knew it was a mushroom and people had been eating it for years. Right. Okay, So, you know, I didn't have a fear of harm, uh, but I did see and I became utterly convinced as I did more research and did more reading and did more talking that this may very well, this, this substance and others of a similar nature, may be able to provide us, and I do believe it's true, a third treatment modality that I think will pay off dividends for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I'm not going to tell anybody what to do but or how to do it or why to do it, but I do believe that um, you know it's, uh, it's a possibility for people who are still suffering, whether it's existential end-of-life depression or treatment-resistant depression or whatever you want to call these things, mm-hmm. but I do believe it's a it's a um, well it's a it's a it's a life vest really mm-hmm. form. So mm-hmm. um, again, I can't speak for what this has done for other people, and you know, but I do believe in forty years I've seen the inadequacies and the shortcomings of how we deal with people that suffer. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's in an emergency room or a jail or wherever you talk or wherever you want a, a drug treatment center. Mm-hmm. All of these things, and everybody's trying to find the same roadway or the same, shall I say, destination. All of our roadmaps are different. Mm-hmm. So everybody's trying to find peace, happiness, understanding with what they are, who they are, why they are, and what this world means to them. So to me, um, I think it's transcendent. 
personally for me, trans mm-hmm. transformational for me, but I can't say that what it's going to do to other people. Right. I know I've had wonderful in, in the last six or seven days, uh, I've had a probably the most important experience in my life. Talk us through what that's looked like. Say that again. Talk us through what that has looked like. Well, you know, I I've been a so I've been a seeker of truth and illumination my whole life. So I've I, and I've read and listened and watched and talked and so all of these other things. So I'm not sure what what things look like. Um, but what I do know, what I do know is that for me, um, this has given me an opportunity in my life to examine things in the rearview mirror of history mm-hmm. and to look at how I have conducted myself not other people but mm-hmm. myself yeah, right and because i can't fix other people i can maybe mm-hmm. fix myself mm-hmm. and i think i found a pathway forward for me mm-hmm. and and to the extent that people want to hear about it i'll talk to them about mm-hmm. it but people have to make their own decisions absolutely. like i've had to make my whole life and absolutely a lot of those were bad decisions and a lot of those were good decisions so i just um I don't know if I've answered the question, Eric, the way I should. Yeah, no, it's I, fine. I want you to answer to the extent that you want to. I, you know, we don't have to get into specifics of what your trips necessarily look like, but what the process unfolding well, you know, is kind Eric, of what I'm interested in most. And, and Eric, it, I, I've been involved in this profession for a very long time, mm-hmm. and I got to watch the drug war. I had a front seat, mm-hmm. okay, a front row seat for the drug war. And in my opinion, only my opinion, it's been an utter failure. And quite frankly, um, every time government gets involved, and I'm a part of government, every time government gets involved, we just we just can't figure it out. I mean, mm. think about it. Mm. In America, you can get Oxycontin, you can get fentanyl, you can get morphine, you can get alcohol, you can get speed, you can get whatever you want to get, whether mm. it's legal or illegal, or whether doctors are giving it to you or people on the street. And then government tells us you can't eat a mushroom. And, right. and to me, or eat a plant in your backyard, or eat a banana. I I, I don't understand What's, What has your perspective been like over the years? I mean, when you were early on in law enforcement on the, on the street, were you um, anti-cannabis and no, mushrooms? No, 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 I wasn't because I had some early experiences with cannabis as a young man. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, I spent eight, 17 or 18 years on the street. And if you looked at me and you said, David, what was the number one problem on the street? I would tell you alcohol. Mm-hmm. Oh, now, wow. I mean, you know, alcohol and bad marriages and all these things that happen, but I got to tell you, um, you know, and I've been saying for a long time that we need to be smart about things, Mm -hmm. not dumb. Mm -hmm. And to the extent that, you know, but everybody's got to, you know, right now we're waiting in the United States for scientists to tell us that this could be an effective therapy. Well, I didn't have to wait for the scientists in America. Mm -hmm. I came to Jamaica. I found peace. I found tranquility. I found transcendence. So, you know, I don't know what, what's going to work for other people right. but i know what worked for me right right well you know both of you of course you let him do the research but you know both of you are very intelligent individuals and i know that you david researched our facility and my history before coming down here uh you shit, you probably had access to personal stuff that i don't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got to talk about that after this uh eric Eric, I will tell you, you know, along those same lines, you know, I did my research and, you know, because of who I am and what I am, I couldn't participate or in the United States. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's embarrassing to say Mm -hmm. that. So Mm -hmm. I came to Jamaica and I found you and I found your mission 
online, quite mm-hmm. frankly. Mm-hmm. And I did do research on you, and I don't. I found, you know, what I found, and most of it was all of it was really positive. Um, and I will tell you right now on, a, on whatever we're, we're, whoever's going to listen to this that for me, um, you're a young man. You're probably in your forties, and um, I would recommend anybody coming down here to spend a week with you and your family and that's the other thing this isn't a scientific mission for you and mm. I, I mean i'm not going to tell you what your mission is but the fact of the matter is you're here with your family mm-hmm. and you found peace and or i called it i think god's little acre mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and you're opened up to share that with other people okay mm-hmm. and 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 i thank you from the bottom of my heart I felt a connection with you. Um, I think it was through a podcast, maybe. I can't I remember okay. I saw your lovely face, but uh, uh, I felt a connection with you, and the last seven days have confirmed for me what I suspected, and that is that you're in this not for yourself. You're not in this to make money. You're in this to help people, and I admire you for it. I'm not, I, like no. I said, I don't want to pump your head up too no, much. Yeah, there, no, I'm, I'm an idiot. But don't, you got you it. Can't, you can't. Know, I'm, I'm, I'm an know, idiot. But, <laughs> Uh, so, you know, it is what it is or it is where we are. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to come back. I want to be a part of your orbit and I want to be a part of what you're doing, the work that you're doing, because I, I've seen you doing it and you're doing it in the heart of Jamaican poverty, mm-hmm. which is even more impressive. It's, I, I just can't tell you, I can't really, it's, you know, you keep hearing this term ineffable, but mm-hmm. You know, and I could explain it if I had enough time, but the truth of the matter is that through beauty and I mean, through simplicity and poverty and people like yourself raising a family on the Caribbean beach as you help people get through their challenges, whatever they are. I can't think of a better world. So mm. I admire you. And uh, I know you're a flawed man like I am. We all mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. don't get, you know, but. Well, likewise, you know that that time, that time we shared yesterday. Yeah, it was uh, that's going to be in Eric, me, Eric. For, that was in me for that. That will be in me for the rest of my life. And, I I I had a a vision last night of me that medallion is going on your box. You got it, brother. You, you got it. I, but I, I I think you know, I, like I said, I I've probably said more than I need to, but um, I I would I would trust. And recommend to anybody I know and love to come here. Well, you know, you're you're the second law enforcement officer that I have worked with uh, over the years, uh, and both of you have really shifted, helped to shift my perspective um, because we do get a biased perception. We absolutely do, and having now heard the stories of two, you know two personal stories of individuals like yourselves. I am so thankful that there is someone like you, that there are people like you out there looking out for people like me and the sheriff that took me in to jail when I was arrested, looking back at that, after I sat here with you this week, I realized what a blessing that man was in my life. And I'm going to, I'm going to find him. I'm going to tell him that. Yeah. And so the, the beauty of this perspective shift that's ongoing not just through the mushroom, but through engaging with people that we would maybe never encounter yeah, elsewhere. Absolutely. And Eric, you know, everybody's suffering. Everybody's suffering to some degree. Mm-hmm. So 
if we can get past the rules and the regulations and everybody else's perceptions of the, the people, the political shit, the political all, nonsense, all and I mean, if you think of things, now let's. I mean, I'm not going to go through it all, but you know, we had a real problem in the states with pain medication, and we mm-hmm. shut down all, and we had to because, mm-hmm. quite frankly, it was out of control. But mm-hmm. what we never thought, and you would think that we would have thought about it, was that what are all these people going to do? These addicts are we, are they going to wake up that morning and say, "Hey, the government said we need to stop doing this," mm-hmm. or are they going to switch season the Titanic and start using heroin? Right. So, I mean, I'm not going to see here and make the argument that the government's responsible for the heroin epidemic in this country, but I don't think we've helped matters. And yeah. I think we need to just, you know, people that people that have issues, whether they're mental health or substance abuse or, co, or co-occurring, which is often the case, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, all you can really, all, you know, I'll throw anybody any life raft, mm-hmm, okay, if it means mm-hmm. saving their life. and. You know, if it's eating a mushroom or eating a plant, I mean, I understand about the FDA and mm-hmm, all of that mm-hmm, stuff. And mm-hmm. if it's a chemical, you you should regulate it, mm-hmm. quite frankly. Mm-hmm. But you know, I to me, I, I actually believe that this therapy, this type of therapy, is going to produce the third revolution. I agree in mental health care. Yeah, I agree. And once everybody gets off of their, you know, whatever perceptions they have of it, and I appreciate you saying what you said about law enforcement because. Everybody, I, I, I don't tell many people that I'm in law enforcement, not because I'm ashamed of mm-hmm, it, because mm-hmm. I know most people have preconceived notions because they get their information from the media mm-hmm, and social mm-hmm, media, mm-hmm. television media. And the truth of the matter is most cops are suffering as much or more Absolutely. than most citizens. I, yeah. you know, I've lost two, I've lost two of my, of the, actually, if you count it all between my military and my law enforcement, I've lost four people to um, suicide. And mm-hmm. and that's a startling fact. And the truth of the matter is, most cops in America die from suicide that's, than they do from from felonious murder. What a and, fucking disgrace! That yeah, is. it's a disgrace. And and then you know, I had an interesting situation come up where you know, is medical marijuana, uh, you know, uh, you know, because cops have strong ideas about this because we've been conditioned. And right. here's what I said to my people: I said, you know. I said uh, uh, what I said to what I said to the people that that I know is that you know people you know here's what I tell my folks or my position is this that if if I have a person come to me that that I work with mm-hmm. and says that my doctor said that I should use cannabis. Now I'm not going to tell them they shouldn't because their doctor told them to. And the re- well, another reason I'm going to tell them they shouldn't is because should they do something radical like self-harm, mm-hmm. I don't want to have to look in the rearview mirror and go, boy, I wish I didn't have that hard and fast right. rule. You know, we're people. And everybody's got their problems, their challenges. I don't care how successful you are or how non-successful mm-hmm. you are or however you measure success. But the truth of the matter is that I think we're all stumbling towards eternity and that the best way to work it is the best way you can find. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to tell people how to live their lives. I really don't want people to tell me how to live my life, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I will tell you this, that uh, you have afforded, I'm not going to say you gave me a gift, Eric, but you afforded me the opportunity to engage in an experience that has been transformative for me. So I thank you. I never thought I'd find peace and tranquility to the level that I did, but I did. 
and you facilitated a lot of that, and a lot of that was me, mm-hmm. and thank you. And I never thought that I would thank a sheriff for enlightening me, but you have you have brought so much of that. I've seen so much of you this week, and the suffering that you have worked to alleviate. So I, I want to really sincerely thank you for your service. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. So what do you think or what do you hope psilocybin therapy will look like in the in the future? Is it well, I hope, obviously, psilocybin, I, we're never going to get, and we shouldn't get to the point where you can go to a pharmacy and get psilocybin, right, right. quite frankly. I agree. It's got to be a very controlled environment. Mm-hmm. It's only for, it's for probably 95% of the population, 90% of the population. But And so I see it as a treatment modality that is going to pay dividends for people. It did for me. It, let me put it this way. If it pays the dividends that it paid for me, people are going to find release. So you've done research. You've seen yes. the clinical models and what's yes. going on. How, how does this type of experience fit into that? In the uh, Well, I mean, it conf- you know, there's always confirmation bias. So you want to be careful of that. But right. that's not what I'm talking about. You know, when I hear somebody like, uh, you know, when I hear researchers from Johns Hopkins or NYU, you know, let's face it. These are the, some of the smartest people mm-hmm. theoretically in the world. Mm-hmm. So what what it's what it's done for me um or what 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 the research has told me is that there's a there may be a pathway for people to find peace mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i really don't care what that pathway looks like mm-hmm. if you can find existential peace mm-hmm. i mean a fundamental peace yeah. in your soul find it yeah now is obviously if you hurt somebody else getting there that's we're right. not going to let that happen right but you know, uh, you know, we only get once around this racetrack of mm-hmm. life, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, we stumble through it. I think most of us kind of try to figure it out from day to day. We try to intuit a lot of things, but you know, one of the things that really not sold me, but convinced me. Let me put it that way: is that I've had a lot of people in my life that were facing the end. Mm-hmm. Okay, the end of their existence on Earth, and. I wish, after looking at a lot of the research, that many of those people that I have seen, including family members that crossed over, I wish they could have had this type of therapy. Because not only, and I'm not just saying this for me, that's one of the things the research has shown, that people feeling that existential end-of-life depression or that treatment-resistant depression or panic, panic attacks for 20 years, you know, if you can... If you if this will turn the lights on for people, turn the lights on. Absolutely, it doesn't hurt anybody else. Turn the lights on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, look at if somebody came up to came up to me tomorrow and said, "I got a mushroom here, and it can it can get a hundred mentally ill people that you're that you're involved with, if it can get them on the path of recovery or awareness or whatever you want to call it, I'm all in. If mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt anybody else, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. You want to eat a mushroom or a some tree bark or I don't really care what it right. is, you know, I mean, so <clears throat> last question on, on law enforcement. Um, I'm, what kind of run-ins have you had with psilocybin on street and what kind of problem? None. Have you seen? Really? No, I've never. And, and I will tell you this in my first 17, 18 years of my career, I think I saw heroin maybe three times. Okay. Hmm. And I'm not even sure it was heroin in the last 10, five years. I see it every day. We see it every day. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know, I I 
I don't know what I don't know, but I, I've never in 38 years or 38 and a half years, whatever it is, I've never had somebody. And quite frankly, that goes to some of the other psychedelics as well. Mm-hmm. We Psychedelics are not a law enforcement issue, right. quite frankly. Right. And the sooner people kind of peel away the layers of what they've been told and what they've read and, you know, what they watched. And, you know, I, I tell people, you know, if you want to experience something and if it doesn't hurt other people or especially hurt yourself, try it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we know heroin hurts ourselves, so we're not going to try that. Right. We know these other things hurt ourselves. But, you know, for me, a mushroom or a piece of tree bark or a plant, if you can grow it in your yard, what's government got to do with that? Yeah. I mean, you, you can never control it. Mm-hmm. So it's been, uh, you know, I had a lot. I, I've always been, I think, a forward thinker or a, th- a person who thinks about alternative ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think everybody should think of. Alter- I don't care if it's an alternative way you're going to deal with your husband, your wife, your, you know, my good brother Patrick just said it. He said, you know, I'm going to go back and treat people a little differently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's a hell of a piece of progress mm-hmm, for, for mm-hmm. him, I'm sure, because <clears throat> I feel the same way. So if I can go back and treat people nicer, this mm-hmm. has been, or, or if I could be more uh, empathetic or more compassionate, how is this a bad thing? Right. It's not. It's right. a great thing. And I'm going to come back, Eric, and and I look forward to spending time with you. Oh, uh, likewise. I look forward to commiserating commiserating with you in the years ahead. <laughs> likewise. What do you think, Patrick? What could what could this look like in the future? I well, for a optimistic man like myself, uh, I think people. I think people that do that would let themselves do this okay <laughs> like yourself <laughs> yeah um i think it it would be outstanding i think i think that this in the future uh, like 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 my brother said it's it, it's going to help people mm-hmm. and you know i i see that it doesn't hurt anybody mm-hmm. uh you know and uh talking with others uh that have you know gone through this and seeing i don't i think it's a very positive thing that that you're doing talk a little bit about your direct experience well well you know coming up as a young man and seeing very close family members Mm -hmm. uh with addiction i believe if they had this availability, maybe they wouldn't be sitting where they're sitting mm-hmm. today. The irony that a, a quote drug can prevent us from doing mm-hmm. drugs, you know, is not to be overlooked. Exactly. When I was arrested and I'm sitting in jail with heroin, meth, and all this stuff, I'm thinking, "Fuck, I'm here facing a potentially worse." sentence than these guys and the thing that i'm arrested for is what could have kept them out of the situation in the first place exactly like like i've tried to help this individual i mean for 25 30 years Mm -hmm. and it's just like nothing i could try to do or say would get through to him Mm mm-hmm 
I realize he has, you know, you have to do this yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't make somebody do it. Mm-hmm. But with this, if if he could have gone through something like this, I truly believe that he might not be sitting where he's Well, sitting. just like you saw, you know, the consequences of the things you say and the way you treat people. Like that yes. gets home. It becomes real. Right. You know, so if yeah. if we could see. I mean, that that's the journey I went through. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw mm-hmm. those things. I thought about those things, you know. I said this. Why did I say that? You know? And that's the thing that pulls many addicts that I work with away from the substance is that they realize what they're doing to their families. Right. It's real. It hits. And, and I was just one that that saw this these things. I mean, I, I mean, I could have done this in, in high school or, mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. or after I was out of school. I mean, I knew people that did it. But seeing what I saw and knowing what I knew, I told myself I'm not I'm not getting in there. Right, I'm not doing that. And and that would have been a very different scenario too. Just part partying with mushrooms, the outcome is usually not reflecting on your relationships and right. how to improve. Yeah. You know. so, so yeah, I I I definitely think this is something that's going to be very very helpful in the future. Well, I sure hope so, and I hope that. I hope that we get to be part of that and whatever it, whatever it is, you all are a part of it. You know, just by coming here, you're helping to move that needle. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Yeah, I want to thank you as well. And I, I just can't speak enough about, I, I, and I really want to say this because it's important, the, the staff that you have on board mm. at Micro Meditations, I have dealt with, um, I guess six, well, I've dealt with a lot of them, but I'm talking about the facilitators and and uh, they were all in their twenties. And I will tell uh, I will tell you, and I can say this very confidently, that the insight, the wisdom, the understanding, the empathy, and the compassion demonstrated by those young men and women are one of the jewels that I'm t- I have mm-hmm. taken from this experience and. I don't know how you assembled them, but you did a wonderful job. And, you know, quite frankly, you know, this is a, pl- I've never been so comfortable. I love your new dog. I love your <laughs> wife. I love your son. And, <laughs> you know, um, I think you've created something and, and that is magical, quite frankly. And I, th- I applaud you for it because you've done it at great personal risk because of, rules and laws and all these other things but you know sooner or later i think we're all going to go back to where we all started and that is this find your own way Mm. don't hurt other people help other people Mm -hmm. and whatever that looks like at the end of that journey is okay so Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. and and i'm going to be a part of i want to be a part of your orbit and i want to be a part of your family not your your physical family, but you know what I'm this talking is family. about. This, this is, is family. family. It is. And I think I've met you, I think, six or seven days ago. I felt like I've known you for 40 years. I know. So I know. I give you great credit, and I know you don't want to hear that. You don't need it because it's not. You get as much energy from us as we get from you. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, But mm-hmm. you've got a model here that, uh, quite frank, I'm not going to say I'm envious, Eric, but but I am envious. I mean, you've done a <laughs> tremendous thing here, and um, – uh, you're doing. I think you're doing God's work, quite frankly. So Thank keep you. it up. Don't let, don't get discouraged. Sooner or later, the rest of the world's going to catch up with you and us. And mm-hmm. I think we don't really have any choice. We're going to have to I because agree. you know it's I just agree. you. See, you get to the end of the road on things, and you know when you see a man with a gun in his mouth and 
and you're trying to talk him out of taking his own life and and you can't convince him and he actually takes his own life in mm -hmm. front of you mm -hmm. um you become a pretty hard advocate for people to find their own ways in a safe way mm -hmm. where they respect yeah. the rights of others mm -hmm. where they find whatever they find oh. that keeps them from putting a gun in the mouth and i don't mean it necessarily literally although i do but yeah it has, but of course right you know, all of it yeah, yeah. It, it's so yeah no you know, I, I don't know I, I will tell you i'll always support what you're doing here and i'll always support you and I always support your mission. So thank you for having well, us. Thank you for coming. That means the world. So what's what's the billboard going to be? Billboard. What billboard? billboard. What's the bill? I'm going to turn this over to Patrick. All right. You got to have one too, though. Got to okay. give me a billboard. So, so I came up <laughs> with this as I was thinking. All right. And it is where we are is my billboard. It is where, where we, we are. are. Oh, ah. how's that? I like it. That's my billboard. It is where we are. That's fucking yes. great, man. Yeah. Nice one. Nice. Okay. David, you got one for us? We can take we can take a minute and Jimmy can pause it if you want to think about it, but yeah, this is think about it for me. All right. Let me pause I'll just pause the recording. All right, David, what's your billboard? You know, it's a great question because you want billboards to be flashy and to catch attention. And my brother, my brother over here just came up with, I can't outdo what he just did. So, you know, if I had a billboard or a neon sign that I would find people that I could send a message out. So maybe it's a billboard, maybe it's two billboards. I don't know. But the message is simple and it's find your way to happiness any way you can as long as you don't hurt others and you know like i said man i mean i know i've i'm a combat veteran i'm you know i've done a lot of things in my life i grew up on the streets and so i know that people suffer every day and they're conflicted every day and they're faced with decisions of which they have no idea what the unintended or intended consequences what is it patrick suffering not allowed now that's pretty good <laughs> suffering not allowed you know he I, he's t-shirt man he's when become the oracle he's become the oracle of jamaica eric hasn't he but i uh, you know i don't know what to say <laughs> i mean i'd love to put a roadmap up there to where i found happiness mm. but my roadmap may not be the same of, exactly. as other people's exactly. you know exactly i found tranquility and, and like that's like the the mushroom how the mushroom gives everybody what they need listen the I, road is if you told me eric 25 years ago that i would find or 30 years ago or 35 years ago i don't really pick a number and if you told me 30 years ago that I was going to find core level eggs, I don't think existential is the right word, but that I was going to find utter peace for an hour on a beach in Jamaica in the middle of poverty, overlooking the beach with, you know, your, quite frankly, your dog and wife and son playing in the sand and Jamaican boys and girls playing in the sand. I would have probably said you're crazy, but I found it here. Now, I'm not going to tell you, anybody, if you come here, you'll find it. Mm -hmm. But this is where I found it, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm going to come back. And and that's why I'm going to support your mission to the extent that I can. So thank you for having us. Thank you for exposing us. And, and I got to say, can I say well, one you thing? you exposed yourself. Yes, yeah, right. We, I exposed <laughs> myself. But let me. can I share one thing before I check off? 
I mentioned your staff, the facilitators, mm-hmm. but what I didn't mention was your staff that cooks dinners for us. Oh, yeah. I have eaten in restaurants all over the world, the best. The staff here are some of the most wonderful people, mm-hmm. including the people that work the maintenance. And mm-hmm. I have found- oh, Michael's great. Oh my God, I have found great love. I, I have felt love for the people here uh huh. Yeah. That I haven't felt other than my family. So what? I don't know what that means well, to other people. Jamaica is a special place. Yeah, it, it, it really is. The people and, are special. Yeah. It's and ironically, place. I've never been to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. It's my first time. I've been all over the Caribbean, but I found the minute I landed, I just felt a connection mm-hmm. to the people, to the I, flag, and I to the food. And oh yeah, you've, you've, else. Ma- you've mentioned the flag several times. Well, I mean, I just use that as a symbol of identity. But you've like pointed out the colors. Oh yeah, I mean, I think the, uh, you know, I think Jamaica's a beautiful place, Mm -hmm. and you know, Mm -hmm. I hear people talk about this and talk about that. Now, I was actually getting ready to fly down here. I had a couple of my buddies call me and say, "Hey, there's a lot of crime in Jamaica," and I said, "Wait a minute." I'm flying from the United States. You can't even walk in most inner cities at night. <laughs> so tell me, tell me something I don't know. But, yeah. but again, yeah. Eric, I want to thank you and your family. And my, I know my brother-in-law has already thanked you. So just keep doing your mission, man. You're doing God's work. We'll do the best I can. Let's go get some of the oxtail. It is where we are. Find your way to happiness. Suffering not allowed. These guys came up with so many one-liners this week. (laughs) Folks, I don't even know where to start with this one. I guess family's a good place. Both David and Patrick shared that they would take mushrooms with their loved ones if they could choose, and that just touched my heart, honestly. I think about this question a lot, and there are so many people that I would love, just love to take mushrooms with top-level scientists, world leaders, historical figures, comedians. But when I really think about it, when I really go into my heart, well, it would be my family, my friends, the folks that are so dear to me, and that list is growing all of the time. David and Patrick, you are now on it as well, as are so many people that I have met through my work with psilocybin, but... My brother, my sisters, my mother, my father, my wife, my kids, my in-laws. What I wouldn't give to share this with these individuals. I mean, look, this is one of, if not the most powerful and intimate experiences one can have. And while I have dosed with my wife and one of my children, it often pains me that this medicine, this experience that is so profound, so powerful, Well, most of my family just won't come near it. Part of that pain is in knowing that the benefit it would bring into their lives goes untouched. And then there is the undeniable ability of psilocybin to facilitate bonding, which, to be quite honest, my immediate family could desperately use. We have bred a culture that is so disconnected from its roots that we can easily go months or years without talking to those who we are most closely connected to. This is also one of the most touching aspects of our work in Jamaica. You see, families that live so close to each other, families that continue to support each other, they're all around us. That's Jamaican culture. Of course, this does present challenges, but... The alternative, what is most common to the modern West, seems to be a source of great illness. You know, I learn so much from my clients. Sometimes I feel I should be the one paying them. 
And these two gentlemen in particular served as great reminders to me of how important our families and friends are and how important it is to really show people how much we value them, particularly the ones that we often take for granted. Seeing how these two men cared for each other, showed up for each other, it was touching beyond words. And to see how Patrick went from not doing another dose (laughs) to being one of the people who has seemed to benefit the most out of this experience, that was inspirational as well. What he said was true. This is the kind of guy who makes up his mind and sticks with it. Yet he was able to take information, sit with it, and change his perspective. My God. That is so valuable, and what an example to lead by. Thank you, Patrick. Now, to the next topic, which I suspect in psychedelic circles may be a bit touchy, and that is law enforcement. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I have not historically been someone who has respected authority. I have had a pretty massive prejudice against the police, particularly Caucasian police officers. I have always been someone who rooted for the underdog, and I have not often perceived gun-carrying police officers as the underdog. But, like my friend Patrick, with information, I can change my mind. I've had the great privilege of working with multiple officers of the law, firefighters, EMS, and other first responders, and most of them have been southern white men. Not the demographic that I would have selected on my own, but I love how this universe has a way of giving us just what we need when we need it. And you know what I have found, much to my surprise, I might add? That these individuals are some of the most caring and most misunderstood members of our society. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some shady fuckers out there with badges and bullets that are eager to pull the trigger on a black man. But you know what? The same goes for the psychedelic members of society. Some of the greatest proponents of psychedelic healing are verbally violent, deceptive, and equally eager to attack the white male patriarchy or whoever they perceive as an opposition. What I've learned from both communities is that whatever we focus on, well, that's what we feed. And I want to focus on the folks who are working to improve the quality of life for my entire human family, regardless of ethnicity, gender, or their affinity for psychedelics. What I've come to believe is that the vast majority of police officers and public officials actually do want to help, to be of service. These first responders run toward the situations that most of us run from. Then, after risking their lives to protect the lives of strangers, they're often altogether left for dead by the very institutions that employed them. Now that is a disgrace. I never thought that my involvement with psychedelics would make me more compassionate and supportive of law enforcement, but it has absolutely done that. One of the first officers that I worked with was actually more concerned about him triggering me due to my arrest than he was about his own vulnerability. I mean, you heard what David said about how many friends and colleagues he has lost to suicide. There is absolutely zero justification for this. We have veterans and law enforcement taking their lives on a regular basis. And not only does the government that employ them provide little to no support, 
we as a society shit on them rather than supporting them. Perhaps rather than condemning law enforcement, we should support them by demanding that they receive fair wages and psychological support. And that is why I would like to welcome any officers of the law, any firefighters, EMS, veterans, or other public servants to come and work with me and my team. You've been there for us, and we want to be there for you. As a matter of fact, I am working on a campaign with my nonprofit pledge to sponsor retreats specifically for law enforcement. You want to talk about some folks that walk around with PTSD? It gives me the chills just thinking about it. Anyway, I'm sure that I'll get some flack over this, but that's all right. I will stand up and support those brave women and men that risk their lives on a daily basis to try and keep us safe, especially since the government that employs them doesn't. And if you are interested in helping me with this cause and helping to bring healing to the men and women who put themselves in harm's way so that we don't have to, reach out. I'm sure we can find a way for you to get involved. Thank you, as always, for joining David, Patrick, and myself on the Psilocybin Chronicles, both civil servants and civilians. May all of your journeys, both inward and outward, be safe and rewarding.
did it in a hut. <laughs>